the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour uh, number two underway now, 10 minutes past 10 o'clock. Thanks so much for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. It is a Monday, the 30th and penultimate morning of the uh, month of March in the year of our Lord 2020. Coming up in about a half an hour, where we will indeed talk to uh, Congressman Jim Jordan. Very much looking forward to that, to get a, getting uh, his response to the latest numbers, the latest decision by the White House to maintain the sh- shelter-in-place guidelines. It's not an order. There's not a federal order of quarantine, but the guidelines that the president has put forth until April 30th. We'll get his thoughts on that and more. I want to also, before I get to the phone calls, just hit you again really quickly with the, with the importance of the hydroxychloroquine cocktail drug that is being tried all over the world. It's being tried in China. It's being tried in uh, Korea. It's being tried in India, and it's being tried and tested here in the United States. And the results have been off the charts successful. The French government has officially sanctioned chloroquine, the drug that is used to fight malaria for certain patients infected with COVID-19. After a study was done showing 78 out of 80 patients treated with chloroquine recovering within five days. Because you know right now they're making everybody shelter in place and quarantine if they have, have uh, symptoms or if they test positive for 14 days because it takes a long time for it to work through. These people are recovering within five days. That's considerably faster. And that 14, by the way, can sometimes go to 28 days if they recover at all, according to um, uh, news agencies in France. France's Minister of Health said Thursday hydroxychloroquine and the combination of lopinavir and ritonavir may be prescribed. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what those drugs mean. Dispensed and administered under the responsibility of doctor to patients. And by the way, that's important. It's got to be prescribed by a doctor. 
Don't self-medicate. No one has suggested that you can just get some hydroxychloroquine from somebody else and think, I'm going to take it and I'm going to use it as a preventative myself. No, don't do that. We saw what happened when one nut didn't realize that the fish tank cleaner uh, version of chloroquine was not the same thing as the drug chloroquine. Um, so we've covered that ground. So using the, the guidance of a physician, again, this is the French Minister of Health, um, Healthcare establishments will take charge of them as well as for the continuation of their treatment if their condition allows it with the authorization of the initial prescriber at home. So in other words, France has greenlit the use of this drug. And then follow that up with the doctor I started to mention at the very tail end of the last segment before the news. This is a Russian doctor, but he works in, in, and is American and lives uh, in New York and treats patients in New York. Dr. Vladimir Zelenko is his name. And let me refresh here just real quick. Yeah. Dr. Vladimir Zelenko is his name. He is board certified practitioner in New York. He has successfully treated 350 coronavirus patients with 100% success. Let me say that again. 100% success using a cocktail of hydroxychloroquine in a combination with ZPAC and antibiotic to treat secondary infections and zinc sulfate. He said he saw the symptoms of shortness of breath resolved in four to six hours after treatment. Now, Dr. Zelenko uh, provides updates on the treatment after he successfully treated 699 COVID-19 patients in New York. In an exclusive interview with New York Mayor, former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani, Dr. Zelenko shared the results of his study, which showed that out of his 699 patients treated, zero patients died, zero patients had to be intubated, and four of them needed to be hospitalized. He said the whole treatment costs only $20 over a period of five days with 100% success. He defined success as not to die. Um, and uh, again, zero had to be intubated after using this drug. Many of them have to be, of course, those who are uh, in very serious, precarious situations, the select few that there are in this country, and that number is very small. He first posted to his uh, Facebook audience as a video message last week calling on President Trump to advise the country that they should be taking this medication under the care of a doctor. A study by the NIH, that's the National Institute of Health, also confirmed some of Dr. Zelenko's findings. The study by NIH, NIH showed that zinc supplementation decreases the morbidity of lower respiratory tract infection in pediatric patients in the developing world. A second study, also done by the NIH, uh, showed hydroxychloroquine is to be more potent in killing the virus in vitro, uh, in the lab test tube and not in the body, and so on and so forth. So bottom line is, in France, in India, in China, in South Korea, in the United States, in New York, this these trials are being done more and more every day, and everybody is reporting the same thing. Extraordinarily high success rates in reducing... The symptoms being suffered by the COVID-19 carriers from 14 to 28 days down to 4 to 5 days. And in terms of uh, relieving their um, respiration problems, their breathing problems, they don't need to be hooked up to uh, a respirator or ventilator, and they don't need to be intubated. They're having this drug relieve their breathing problems in 4 to 6 hours. It's a really amazing thing to see. So, again, I... I I want to be optimistic. I see this on the show every day. I don't want to sit here and be doom and gloom. And I do not want to dismiss the, uh, the but I do not want to dismiss the seriousness of the, uh, uh, the virus itself. But I want you to know that there are ways that we can protect ourselves and there are things that are being done on our behalf um, that give us reason for hope. 
And we don't need to shut down the entire country. I just do not believe that. All right, let's go. Um, in fact, I just had somebody uh, message me. A friend just texted me and said, you know, after we were reading and listening to Dr. Birch and Dr. Fauci change their minds on what the worst-case scenario is, now the worst-case scenario, or best-case scenario, rather, is 100 to 200,000 deaths. You know, we just need to shut down the entire country. Only things that should stay open is hospitals. Even, even restaurants, close them down. Grocery stores, close them down. Close them down. Close down the entire country. Somebody just texted me. A friend. By the way, somebody I respect, close the entire country down for 30 days. It's that one month of tough love that will get us right back off of the bench and into, into the game again just uh, one month from now, and then everything will be fine. It's one of the most absurd things that I've ever heard. It is absolutely absurd because can you imagine the hoarding, the looting, the panicking once people realize that the food stores will be closed for 30 days? Good God. There will be more deaths from... Uh, panicked people than we could ever imagine from the actual virus. Not to mention, of course, uh, an economy that is already on the precipice of depression. If this continues for two or three, four months, uh, it would it would be far worse than that if we went ahead and shut down everything for an entire month, every element of society other than medical care for an entire month. It's one of the most insane things that I think I've ever heard. And it's also not supported by the numbers. All right. Let's go to uh, Chardon. John, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, sorry for your long way through, John. I had a lot to say, and I want people to know what's going on. Go ahead, sir. Sure, no problem. There's been much talk about discontinuing trade with China and becoming independent from them. And a while back, you talked about if we return to business as usual with China, uh, that what would happen? We'd return to business as usual because their price are lower on the international market. Now, I don't have a problem with that, with one exception, and that's our medicine. Uh, last fall, I had a... John, a John, just to be clear, I don't want you to say what you just said and give people the idea that I said we should return to business as usual with China because of their prices well, being lower. What I said was is that I believe that is what many business businesses will do because of the slave labor uh, market in China they can make products so much cheaper than even other countries on that continent even other countries really around the world that really you know can undercut uh the the costs to have manufacturing done because in the United States we have uh wages that are more competitive and that means you know the price of goods is higher my fear cuz i think we should cut off with china but my fear is that we won't, because time heals all wounds, and people are mad at China now, but 6, 8, 10, 12 months, maybe even up to two years later, people are going to forget about all of this, and businesses find out they can have their products made for X price per unit in China versus Y price per unit here in the United States, or even in other countries, and they're going to say, yeah, let's get them from China. It will inevitably it will revert back to the old habits of using the cheapest uh, labor that we can find. All right. Well, I stand corrected. But one area I think we definitely need to get free of China is with our medicines. Uh, last fall, fall, Bob, I had a, I, I had a upper respiratory infection. It came with a cough. It kept me awake all night. And if you don't get any sleep at night, you, you go downhill fast. And I went to the doctor, and she put me on an antivirus, and I was fine in two days. And I would hate to think that we have to depend on China uh, for that uh, and, and the politics that goes, goes, goes along with it. Well, I totally agree. Look, here's the thing that people need to realize, and I think you get it, John. Thank you for the call, my friend. 
China is not our friend. <clears throat> China is not our ally. And I know the president, I think, for the purposes of keeping up relations with China so that we don't become so adversarial that it becomes kind of a Cold War type experience. He says that uh, Xi Jinping is his friend, uh, that he is friend. You know, you, you, you can't befriend communists. He's saying these things because he has to keep the lines of communication open. Uh, same thing with Kim Jong-un. He said, my friend Kim Jong-un. He doesn't mean that he's his friend because Kim Jong-un is a, is a human rights violating dictator. But he has to keep the lines of communication open, and that means sometimes public statements uh, of, of, oh, no, we're, we're good with them. Because they do, we don't want to turn it into a Cold War situation. But in the reality of it, they're not our friend. China doesn't have our best interests in mind when we establish trade with them. They have their best interests in mind. And guess what? Prior to this president, they've been winning. They have been killing us on trade for decades. And that's why Trump came in. One of the reasons he ran was to rework the trade deal so that we're not taken advantage of internationally anymore. China's not our friend. China would want to help us. Why do you think they covered up and hid the existence of the release of that virus? However it was done, intentionally or not intentionally, how do you th- why do you think they covered it up so much? And why do you think they then began a propaganda campaign that continues to this very moment that says... The United States was responsible. U.S. military in our country, in China, brought that disease with them. And then willing American journalists continue to spread that propaganda. So China's not our friend. Understand that. And I don't like the idea of doing business with people who aren't our friends. But I also know that as a free market country, as long as there are not embargoes on foreign goods like we once had with Cuba that was lifted by by, uh, Barack Obama, Unless we embargo all Chinese goods, American businesses will eventually, if not right now, later on, they will forgive and forget all of this and start getting the goods made as cheaply as they can. And that means in the uh, uh, slave labor, labor camps, essentially, is what they are uh, of, uh, of China. All right, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Right back after this. Ten twenty-seven. We continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Let's go right back to the phones. And Todd in Ward One in Cleveland. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hey, Todd. Yo, Bob. Are you pronouncing that correctly? Hydroxide. What did you say? Hydroxy. Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. Okay. Yes, sir. I wasn't pronouncing it correctly. Yeah, I know what that is. I don't actually know what a Z-Pack is. I, I had to write it down. I, r- I had to write it down and, uh, phonetically, and I have it literally taped to my front of my computer screen up on the top so I could say it correctly. Hydroxychloroquine. Yes, sir. My attention was divided. You probably said it like that the first time. I just didn't catch it, but I know what that is. I never really actually knew what a Z-Pack was. I know that people that have um, STDs um, tend to have to use Z-Packs, but I don't, I don't know what it actually stands for. I'm going to look that up. But his name is Dr. Vladimir Zolink. Zolinkin? Uh, Zolinko. Zolinko. Zolinko yes. out of New York City. Yes. All right, I'm going to check that out because I, I thought that there was probably something out there already to combat it as it appears to be so. And what was your source of news for um, finding that? Uh, well, townhall.com has it, and also you should look up. Uh, I tell you what, do you follow me on Twitter? Or are you on Twitter? I am. Okay, I'll tweet it out. I'll tweet out the link to both of those. I got a town hall uh, story and a techstartups.com story that featured him, and I'll, I'll tweet them both out so you can find it, all right? All right, I just wanted to mention this, and you go on to your next caller. Yeah. They, we need to be conscious of the, the, high, the heightened um, 
um, danger of being a trash man right now because they dealing with they dealing with mess all day every day, and although they're not directly dealing with this, maybe they are dealing with the excess trash for people not being working as much as they were working. And you know, I hope there's something in that bill to help compensate them with some extra pay. And in addition to that, with some extra insurance that they don't have to pay an extra price for. That is a really, really great point. You know, there are a lot of people whose jobs got a lot harder when all this happened, including, you know, the stock people at the uh, uh, the um, uh, stores, the truckers, uh, the warehouse uh, workers who load those trucks. I mean, everybody's jobs have gotten so, have gotten so much harder because of all this. And yes, trash uh, uh, collectors or or you know, I don't call it garbage man. I guess is the old term like you just brought up, but trash collectors too. Because think about it, your trash is usually spread out when you are spending X percent of your time eating in other places and and you know uh, throwing away your trash there because everybody is conf- confined to home. Even bringing food to their homes from other places, you're right. Right. Uh, the buildup is higher and bigger, and the jobs are harder for those people. And I totally agree. Todd, thanks for the call. I totally agree with making sure they get a little bit of a bonus, if that's what can be done. But the one thing that nobody talks about, and I'll say it again, but a lot of people are saluting and giving the healthcare workers, you know, all of their great thanks for all of their work. But how about giving them a little bit of extra uh, uh, something uh, in their paychecks? Because they're working like never before. Uh, particularly in the hot hot zones, if you will, you know the hot spots like New York, they are working like never before. So I would hope that if anybody gets extra pay, um, you know that the healthcare workers are not left out of that equation as well, because so many of them are running themselves ragged because of what uh, what is being done at the health centers. All right, thanks so much for the call. Let me get a quick time out. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan scheduled to join us next right here on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Ten thirty-six onward, twenty-four minutes of outstanding awesome left for you, and I think we really have given you a lot of awesome information. Some of it good, some of it bad. Uh, the reality of it, of course, is probably somewhere in between. I think that's one of the most frustrating things for all of us: is uh, we don't know what we don't know. And even the uh, White House coronavirus response team, the task force, uh, doesn't seem to know day to day exactly what is going to happen. They are trying to work on the best models they can. But right now, they are coming up with some very, very disappointing numbers and some very threatening numbers that within the next uh, two weeks to one month, as the president extends the stay-at-home guidelines, uh, they are expecting we could see the peak death toll. And uh, now today, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burke say we could see, on a best-case scenario, 100,000 to 200,000 deaths in the United States. That is very uh, alarming, to say the least. Joining us now to react and analyze that is our friend, Congressman Jim Jordan, who joins us every Monday on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Congressman. Good morning, Bob. Good to, good to be with you this morning. Those numbers are uh, uh, kind of intimidating. Uh, Dr. Burks and Dr. Mm-hmm. Fauci said that in a, in a worst-case scenario, if we do nothing, for example, you know, lift the uh, stay-at-home and social distancing guidelines, that we could see anywhere from 1.5 to 2.5 million deaths. Dr. Burke says if we do everything perfectly and everybody manages to stay at home and and keep those guidelines of social distancing in place, then we're going to see best case a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand deaths. Wow! Right now we only have right now we only have twenty five hundred. What's your take on that? No, I I mean it's uh, it's it's serious. It's scary. Um, 
and uh, that's why we're you know that's why for two weeks now the country's been been basically staying at home, and we've we see the impact it has on our economy, and it has on um, you know just life itself. So um, look, uh, let's uh, let's let's do the best we can. Let's let's listen to the experts. I think the president has uh, has provided just outstanding leadership. Uh, he made a decision yesterday that we're going to continue this for a little longer than than we'd all like to have to have uh, done it, but. Um, and then, uh, you know, America, let, uh, let, let's all pray that, uh, we can, we can get through this, uh, get back to work, that the, uh, the professionals will develop the vaccine and the treatments that are needed now for people and the vaccine that's going to be needed, uh, uh down the road. Let's hope that all happens as, as quickly as possible. Congressman, the president says we're going to extend, you remember that we talked about 15 days of flattening the curve, and we've pretty much reached the end of that, which is why the president has now said over the weekend that our social distancing guidelines will extend for another month. It's going to be another 30 days of trying to stay where we are and flatten the curve. Um, how much confidence do you have that can, that continuing in this manner for 30 more days will do the job. And I know you're not a doctor, but will do the right, job. Right. And how much how much damage to the economy in that period of time well, can this country withstand? Well, I mean, look, we, we, the, the short answer is we don't know. I'm not an expert. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but, uh, let's listen to the, to, the, to the counsels of these doctors and epidemiologists and, and, and the folks who, who have a background and, and understanding of, of all this. What I do think the American people, uh, that American people are willing to, to do the tough things. We've, I think mean, it's just part of part of the the, the DNA of the, the folks in this great country uh, throughout our history. Um, but I do think people want to sort of know some of the some of the metrics, some of the measurements. Uh, you know, we're basing this all right now on on two curves. We've seen the one curve that goes up and down, the one curve that's longer and flatter. But there's no numbers, there's no dates, there's no times, there's no dimensions, there's no measurements to any of those things and so i think uh, that's what a lot of people as i talk to folks they want to know okay we're willing to do what what this takes it's tough on our our business it's tough on our economy but give us some of those numbers what what, what do those actually look like the numbers when we hit this point does that mean we can start to send certain people back to work or does, when so many people are tested does that mean what are those metrics that's what i think people are, are beginning to ask for and look for and so i'd like to see some of that information um and uh, i think we're beginning to do that i uh, Vice President Pence has been trying to. Uh, obviously, uh, they've been they were working on getting more more people tested, so we can we can understand this all better. So that's that's what we're hoping for, and we hope we get that information just as just as quickly as possible. Congressman Jim Jordan joining us. Let's uh, pivot now to what you can do and what you and your colleagues uh, are responsible mm-hmm. for, and that is helping to provide relief during this time. Like I said, yeah. we're asking how much the economy can withstand. Obviously, we want to try to inject as much cash into it as we can to the extent that you can buy anything anywhere beyond food since uh, so many things are closed. Um, right. That $2 trillion outlay um, did include a lot of stimulus for American workers, but it also included a lot of fat that the last time we talked, you and your Republican yeah. colleagues were going to try to trim out of it. Unfortunately, $350 million for illegal aliens, you know, $25 million for the Kennedy Center, which then laid off its orchestra. There's still a lot of junk in that thing. Is Congress, in your opinion, really committed to just solving this problem, or are we still on swamp-based legislation <laughs> that we have been for yeah. so long? It- that bill had so many ridiculous things in it. Uh, I mean, look, uh, there was lots of problems with it, but but in the end, I didn't oppose it, and, and and you know, the Congress didn't oppose it because we understand what's happened to families, we understand what's happened to small business, uh, we understand what's happened to our economy as no fault of, uh, you know, due to no fault of the people who've been impacted. 
but because of this virus and because the government has told him not to, you're not allowed to, to, uh, to, to work. So, um, yeah, but the idea that the Democrats were trying to put in, you know, stuff for NPR and, and certain, you, you got to have certain diversity requirements in your, in your board and you, and you got to have Green New Deal stuff. And then the, the ones you mentioned, the Kennedy Center, everything else, that, that's just ridiculous. And as I've talked to, 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 to people, um, uh, that they, you know, the phone calls and different things we've gotten, uh, people are ticked about that, what the Democrats attempted to do and the fact that they got some of that stuff in the actual legislation that passed uh, last Friday and was signed by the president. So uh, this is not the time for these these partisan games, but uh, unfortunately it seemed that uh, Speaker Pelosi and, and some in her in her conference wanted to uh, continue to play that, that old political game instead of just focusing on helping the country. What is the next phase of that then, Congressman, or what should be the next phase, uh, considering that we are talking Let's, about, you know, a family of four gets around $3,400, you know, uh, and, and, and we all know the, the numbers uh, and where the cutoffs are and so, so on and so forth, but that's going to help maybe somebody pay their rent once, maybe pay their health insurance premium once, maybe, you know, put some food on their table once, but that $1,200 isn't going to go, you know, super far for a family of uh, four, you know, per adult. Um, is another wave of stimulus following behind this one well yeah i mean look that that's that's why we've we've beefed up the the, the unemployment that's why we've given loans to small business owners uh that that are backed up by the sba and backed up by the treasury so that that they can small business owners can access that money to help their help with their employees so so this is you're right though the, the cash sent to people is for the shortest term possible to deal with the the the, the, the rent the food the, the, the basic things that 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 families obviously need but the other programs in the bill, remember, this was the $2 trillion bill, the single biggest, single largest spending bill probably in the history of the, of the world, um, this thing passed. So uh, the, the, the goal is to get this thing, uh, get through this as quick as we can, have those measurements, uh, and when we hit those benchmarks, put people, get people back to work so we can get things rolling again. Because the, the, the Congress, remember, it's going to be difficult to have phase four and five, which, which uh, Speaker Pelosi is already talking about. We just spent the biggest. We just passed the biggest spending bill in in, in American history. So let's allow that to begin to help folks. Uh, let's focus on on dealing with this 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 virus, getting those measurements that we need to figure out exactly when we can begin to have people go back to work and get our economy moving again. Yeah, that is, of course, the most important thing is, you know, and, and the question of how much we can endure before that happens. President Trump said that he hopes, and, I, and I, again, he, I know he's being aspirational, which I appreciate. He's being op- uh, um, uh, positive, yeah. optimistic, not not pessimistic. He says that by, if we do this, you know, shut down, uh, continuing until April 30th, the month of May will ramp up, and by June 1st, he said, paraphrasing him, he said we should be doing great things economically again. Is that too aspirational in your mind, or do you kind of think that maybe that's the right track? Boy, I hope so. I hope it's I hope it's the right track, and I hope it. And and, and I'm, I'm like the president. I think it's important that we have set the goal, and let's let's do everything we can to get there. So let's hope so um, that that we can get things rolling again just as quickly as possible. Um, We'll just have to see, but but I, I certainly hope so. And you know, again, we're already working. You, you go to the store; people keep keep their distance. There, there's got to be a way that we begin to, as as we get control of this, and as as the, the experts are saying, keep the curve as as low as possible, reach the peak that they're talking about now, and in, in the next week or two that we're supposed to hit. There's got to be a way that when we when we can get back to work, put in some different protocols and processes that allow people to be safe. And get our economy moving again, and get get Americans back to our our, our un, un, you know more normalcy and normal life here, and a normal economic life. So let let's hope it all happens that quick. I, I'm certainly with the president. I'm I'm 
I'm pushing for us to get back as, as quick as we possibly can. Let's hope, it, let's hope it's May 1st. Let me ask you about some positive uh, developments here, and that is the uh, the anti-malarial drug, the uh, hydroxychloroquine. I, yep. I, read, I read an article this morning that kind of did a summary of all the trials that are being done around the world. They're being done in France. They're being done, <clears throat> excuse me, in China. Right. They're being done in Korea. They're being done in India. And they're being done here in New York, or in the United States, and particularly in New York. Yeah. And they are extraordinary. The results are incredible. Where respiration problems are being solved, symptoms are being relieved within four to six hours as opposed to days. People aren't needing ventilators. They aren't needing respirators and these kind. They don't need to be intubated. Um, And this is something the president, again, speaking of being aspirational, said a few weeks ago, said this could be the game changer. He was mocked and ridiculed for suggesting that, you know, how how did CNN report it? He's uh, he's offering not unauthorized, but it was something like that. Unauthorized hope yeah. in this time of darkness. Yeah. How dare he yeah. you know, be be so positive? But it looks like a real positive development here, and it's something that um, uh, you know some governors, including the governor of Michigan, is saying, "Nope, we're not allowing it." Not only are we not promoting it, we're we're, we're not allowing physicians to prescribe this drug to help treat uh, yeah. COVID nineteen. What does that tell you? Well, I mean, look, again, we're not scientists, but but what I've heard is the same thing you've heard, Bob. I mean, I just heard a report this morning that in France it's 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 been very successful. Now, these are this is not the you know the typical study where you have a control group and, and the other group, but it's working. And if it's working and helping people, uh, that is certainly a great sign. So, uh, and you're right, the president talked about this. We've had doctors here in our district uh, contact me two weeks ago. And said, I mean, several doctors contacted me uh, and said, this this drug works. This uh, uh, this works, and particularly when you mix uh, when when it's it's done in conjunction with uh, what typically called a Z pack, um, it, it seems to work. So I think that's all good good news, good signs, and um, let's uh, let's 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 uh, hope that it uh, continues to help uh, people, and that is used uh, used where it's supposed to be used. You know, if this wasn't going on right now, Congressman Jordan, we would all be talking about primaries and conventions and the yeah. the, the, the yeah. election, the presidential election, which is coming up very soon. Um, but we're not talking about it now. Um, to the extent that we need to, how would you evaluate President Trump's performance during this crisis, and how do you think it will impact the election, given the fact that he cannot do his rally? You know, neither can Biden or yeah. anybody else. You know, yeah, he can't right. he can't do his rallies, which are such a significant part of the way he campaigns. Um, how do you think his performance has gone thus far, and how do you think the people will receive it when it's time I, to to choose a leader? You know how how it's all received at, at, in November. We'll, we'll we'll see. What I do know is this president has uh, just done an amazing job in the, the over three years he's been president, um, and and he's done so with unbelievable. I mean, probably historic opposition. From the the other party, uh, from the mainstream press, and from from so many people in Washington, uh, just out to get this guy. But the, I mean, the mainstream press, CNN. I mean, just think about what they try to do to, to, to the president. So, in spite of all that, been through the, the the Mueller investigation, been through the attacks on his family, been through the impeachment, and now de- dealing with something that we just we just haven't seen in our lifetimes this 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 terrible virus. So, uh, President Trump's a leader. He, he loves this country and loves the people who make it work and fights for him every single day. And that's why I like him so much and have, and have, and have fought to, to help him in so many ways, particularly when I think he's getting such a bad deal from the Democrats and, and the mainstream press. So uh, I think people are going to remember that, uh, how it works out in Election Day. We'll see. But I think he's going to win. I don't think I don't think Joe Biden has a chance, but, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll see. But I think he's been doing a great job. 
Do you buy any of the uh, rumors that um, Biden is going to be on his way out here because people really like the job that Andrew Cuomo is doing, or at least the presence that he has, you know, that he has had during this thing? That some believe in the Democrat Party that once they get to that convention, uh, they could they could have an open convention and draft Cuomo to be the nominee. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't. I I, I assume it's going to be. Uh, Senator Biden or our former Vice President Biden. But with the Democrats, you never know. Remember, they took it away from Bernie four years ago. So, uh, look, you never know with these guys what they're going to do at, at, uh, with uh, with their party. Um, uh, so we'll see. But it, uh, I assume it's going to be uh, former Vice President, President Biden against, uh, against President Trump. And I think President Trump's going to win. Last thing, Congressman, before you jet, um, get, take 30 seconds and speak to the people of your 4th District. Well, all over Ohio, people who might be listening online yeah. or anything else. What message yeah. do you have for them over what we are dealing with, particularly for the next 30 days as the president has extended the stay-at-home guidelines? Yeah, yeah. I think I said this last week, but and I probably said this, I don't know, probably just about every speech I ever give. But it, um, I, I love Second Timothy 4-7. Uh, Paul, the old guy, giving advice to Timothy, and he, he says, fight the good fight, finish the course, keep the faith. And it's a it's a verse that I I typically say I think applies to America because it's got three words in there that are just words of action words that uh, you know Americans aren't timid folk we're people that take action so fight finish keep um, I think that's just a mindset we have to have uh, we've always had in this great country and let's 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 maintain that and get through this and then get back to work and get our economy moving again get back to, to a normal way of life here and. Um, I think uh, I think we'll be I think we'll be okay in the end. Uh, Americans have a way of of getting to that point uh, all the time throughout our history. So that'd be my uh, I guess what I what I would encourage people to think about. Yeah, very very inspirational and very hopeful. I like it. I appreciate the Bible verse there, Congressman Jordan. Thank you so much for all that you do and continue to do. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Bob. Take care. Thanks for all. Your Thank time. you. Ten fifty two. Our final segment is coming up after this on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Okay, final segment is underway. I've got time for two, maybe three calls if people are brief. So try to get your point in and get it in quickly so we can take more people, starting with Frank in Brook Park. Frank, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Thank you. There are nine abortion clinics in Ohio. They are all operating full blast, number one, okay? Preterm license in Cleveland, the killing is placed in Ohio, preterm on Checker Boulevard, their license expired last year. We've been calling Amy Acton and the Health Department of Health of Ohio, and I had a real good conversation last Wednesday. However, it didn't get anywhere. But uh, she worked for Barack Obama, let you know. Amy Acton worked for Barack Obama. Anyway, the children are still being executed. The women are being mutilated, as always. And it, I like what some of the European countries, I think it was France, they've got a penalty up to 3,000 euros. That's like almost $6,000 in America. Okay, let's, let's stay here, though. Let's stay here, though, because I want to get to your main point here, which is we have a shelter-in-place order with the exception of uh, uh, essential businesses only are supposed to be open, and that includes medical centers that are saving lives. Medical centers are treating people. And, Frank, thank you for the phone call. These abortion clinics are not saving lives. In fact, they're doing the opposite. They're terminating lives. Why are they allowed to stay open? We have also been 
been told. There is a shortage of masks and gloves and supplies. Why are they being wasted in clinics where these elective procedures are being done? Elective procedures in order to kill babies. I agree with you, Frank. How can the Ohio Department of Health allow that to continue? Why aren't they sending police cars to these clinics to to raid them and shut them down and board up their buildings just the way they have bars that wouldn't comply? I want to hear an answer to that, too. Frank, thank you. I appreciate it. David and LaGrange next. Hi, David. Go ahead. Yes, Bob. I agree with you. $1,200 a month is not enough money. But maybe if we cut some spending in other areas such as giving money to illegal aliens. The women who come here illegally give birth, and then they get government assistance up until that baby's 18. Well, you're 100% right, uh, and that is something that has been a fight for a long time. It should be more pronounced now during this time, especially considering, and thanks for the call, the bill that gave us $1,200 a person uh, is lighter than it would be because they are spending $350 million on illegal alien programs. Why that's in this coronavirus response bill? Eh, nobody knows. But there it is. Uh, Diane in West Park. Diane, go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Thanks for a great show as always. Thank you. Um, I'm wondering if there are any other seniors out there who are wondering if they might best help our society and our economy by giving our very unexpected $1,200 bonus bailout bonanza to um, pro- pro-American and pro-veteran organizations or businesses when we get our money in the mail. Well, I hope that's exactly what people do. Uh, Thank you so much, Diane, for that. It'll be interesting to see what people spend their money on. Obviously, people who are fortunate enough to be able to keep their jobs are going to have some choices on how they spend that money. But people who lose their jobs, there's no question how they're spending it. Their rent, their mortgage, their livelihood. That's the most important thing. Unfortunately, that's all the time that I've got. But the good news is Mike Gallagher's next. Stay right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.